Welcome to 720 and 720. This is John Schulman. Um, going to do something a little different. Uh, the more I watch college basketball on TV and watching games live, uh, the more things I want to talk about. And really, this is for coaches uh, on whatever level, high school level, college, pro, elementary, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so I'm going to list a couple things, going to talk about them. And, and hopefully, uh, I've got like 19 things here that I'd like to talk about real quick. And uh, hopefully it'll help you. Uh, first thing is, is as you're teaching, this is number one, as you're teaching how to do something and, and two pass away, you got to be in the middle of the lane. Son, you have to be in the middle lane to pass away. I, I think it's really important as I'm getting a little older and looking at it is teach why. Instead of teaching how to do things and, and just say you got to be in the lane and you're trying to be in a gap or you're trying, is, is teach them why they're doing it. All right. Give them a read. You know, why are you in the lane to pass away? Why are you in a gap? Uh, why are you not denying? If you're in a gap, the reason you're in a gap is to not allow penetration. So when they drive it and go shoot a layup, you're saying, son, this is why you're in the gap. Or if you got a baseline penetration, uh, and you have no help. This is why you're in the middle of the lane trying to be a help side defender. Teach why instead of how to do it. Teach why. Why are you doing what you're doing? I think it's vital, and I think you need to stick that in your brain. Uh, I used to call it just speaking in English to our guys. Here, let me just tell you in English about this. We're not talking basketball. We're, we're speaking English. So I think that's very important. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, uh, teach them what to say. Everybody wants to, your team to talk. You know, you got to talk on D. You got to talk. Have you taught them what to say? Are you teaching them what to say? Uh, you want them to talk. Okay, well, that's great. What What are they supposed to say? Are they Are they talking about help side? I got your help. I got your help. Ball screen. We're going to double, 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 um, hard hedge. I think if you can say it, you'll do it. So I think if you're out there, um, talking and communicating that you'll do it. If you're, if you say you're calling ball, then you're going to take the ball. Um, and so I think that you got to teach them what to say, um, instead of just yelling at them for not talking, you got to teach them what to say and how to say it. Um, you know, we talked about ball screens early, loud, and often, uh, you better be talking early. You better be talking loud and you better be talking often, but teach them what to say. Next thing is, um, and and I'm I was a fan of this, and Jeff Lebo got us started with this. Is film the bench during timeouts. Film the bench during timeouts. You're going to really kind of recognize who's in it and who's out, uh, who's paying attention and who's not paying attention. Um, we're we're going to do a, a podcast later on on cancers on your team, uh, but a guy that's not in your timeout that's called a cancer, and cancers last time you know cancer killed my father. And uh, cancer will kill your basketball team. And so very, very simple. Film your, film your team. If there's a play, you know, and you can do this. If there's a play, a great play, someone taking a charge, you know, watch your bench. You know, and if the film's on your bench and you can see your bench, watch your bench, see who's getting up and see who doesn't give a rip. Those guys that don't give a rip, I would have no problem embarrassing them in film the next day. Uh, I was one of those coaches because I think the truth, you have to be honest with them and you got to tell them what's what and they got to see it. And the eye in the sky doesn't lie and they got to see what they look like and they, they look like a jerk. All right. Transition D. When that shot goes up, 
if you've got one guy getting back, I don't care who it is. It was our point guard. If anybody shot it other than the point, if the point shot it, our two man was back. Then have a coach or you better recognize, you better get that guy back. All right. And so you're not giving up layups. You're not giving up easy baskets on the other end. And whether you're doing dummy offense, if you're doing dummy offense, that shot goes up. One person's got to get back to the middle of the court and get your tail end back. So I think transition D, I watch other teams shoot that ball and everybody's just hanging out. You better get your tail end back and you better be very decisive about that. Um, Right here, after a game, every time after a game, and I still do this right now, check your stats on your free throw shooting and don't be blaming on the officials. Uh, If you're getting crushed at the foul line, that's a a place you're going to lose a game. All right, so make sure that you are not fouling. We talked about it the other time, that you're playing without fouling and you're trying to get to the foul line. Whoever wins the free throw battle is most of the time is going to win that basketball game. Next, attention to detail. If they, we, we ran a set called Power. And, and the, the job of the screener, it was a cross screen, but the job of the screener, um, block to block, was to sprint over and try to get a screen at an angle to make the defender go over the top. So he wasn't just screening, he was screening at an angle. And so our attention to detail just on that little play was was so important to the success of that play in our basketball team. Attention to detail. Uh, we ran a, uh, a basic play that Carolina uh, did many, many years ago. And, and you had to screen at a certain angle. It was attention to detail was the whole key. Now, here's what you do. You wait till you lose a game, and then you go back, and then you look and say, God, we have lost attention to detail. We have lost what we're doing. We're letting things slip. Before you let things slip, then make sure you're paying great attention to detail. It's Saban. Saban's the best at it. He is attention to detail all the time. Not just because, well, they don't lose, so he never could have an opportunity to do it. Next thing, fighting through screens, especially like a, a down screen, a, a, a block to block. Of, you know, use your hands to get through it. Don't let screens get into your body. I see guys trying to run through, put their shoulder down and try to run through a screen. Well, you're just trying to run through a human. It doesn't work. All right. Use your hands. Don't let a screen get to you and use your hands to kind of direct you through there. All right. Next, post D. Post D starts very simple. Post D starts um, early in a possession. It starts with positioning. You have to be up to the ball. You cannot be, it drives me crazy watching players right now standing right beside their man when the ball is up at the top of the floor. You cannot, if you are right beside your man and that ball goes straight to the wing, you are now pinned and you are now sealed and now you're trying to fight around. Don't try to fight around then, it's too late. What you have to do is you've got to start higher. You've got to start towards the ball. So when that ball goes to the wing, all you're doing is stepping across. There's no confrontation. If there's no confrontation, then anybody can play in a post. It doesn't matter your size. It doesn't. That part doesn't matter. So play D early in a possession, and you've got to. Your positioning has got to be good early in that possession. A screen. A screen is like a block in football. Uh, very simple. If you see a quarterback get sacked in football, a guy misses a block. It's the same thing as basketball. 
a screen is supposed to have you're supposed to have physicality on a screen and there's going to be confrontation on a screen you've got to make contact on a screen legal contact you can't block as in football you can't keep moving your feet but you need to go down i I would think that uh, very simple uh if you set uh 20 illegal screens in a game they're going to call four of them they're not going to call 20 of them um looking back at our teams we fouled on every single box out we put our forearm in your throat on every single box out well after a while you didn't want to come back and try to go to the offensive glass anymore now we may get called two or three a game maybe um but we were going to box out and we proved our point same thing with screening go screen people legally but make contact because if you miss a screen, it's the same thing as missing a block in football, and that can't happen in football. Same deal. Uh, getting back to boxing out, watch, go back and watch tape. Are you boxing out? Are you boxing out um, in, in a live situation? Are you boxing out on the free throw line? I am embarrassed to tell you that my two youngest sons have given up offensive rebounds on free throws after I do this podcast and talk about it. And I talked to my 12-year-old, where are you supposed to step? Do you step out? No, you step up. That first guy on that block, you have an advantage. You should never, ever give up an offensive rebound on a free throw line. But are you working on it? Are you working on it? All right. Passing the basketball, I see point guards and really high-level point guards. Not hit people, not hit shooters right in the hands. Work on this. Work on it fundamentally every single day, hitting guys in the hands. Hitting guys. Uh, we just called this, was a young man at Eastern Illinois, Mark Polite, all right? And we used to play, talk about all the shooters and everybody offensively. Are your offensive guys in a stance? And you say, well, offense guys don't need to be in a stance. Absolutely, they need to be in one. Defensive guys are in a stance, and you we always talk about defensive guys in a stance. Are offensive guys down in a stance, in a basketball stance, ready to catch and shoot? So we talked about Mark Polite was the best I've ever seen in the country, and that was like 1999. He played at Eastern Illinois. Play Mark Polite low. We used to work with our guys, staying in the stance offensively, playing low. So next time you look, watch your team. Are you, is your team playing low? Are they, are they playing low offensively? Are they in a stance? They need to be so they're ready to play. You cannot play this game standing up. But passing and catching and putting guys, putting balls – Right, right in the hands, and for a shooter, and and even a post guy. Number twelve, gang rebounding the ball. Are you gang rebounding the ball? We had a talk with Seth Greenberg earlier. Are you gang rebounding the ball? That means five guys rebounding the ball, the ball, or are your perimeter guys leaking out and saying, "Hey, it's big guys' responsibilities to go rebound the ball." Everybody, it is everybody's responsibility to rebound the ball. Five guys rebound the ball. And that's why I think we were I was a good defense rebounding coach. And I've said many times defense and, and rebounding wins games. If you'll rebound the ball, you'll have a chance. Don't give up an offensive rebound. If they're sending guys back, which they should, some teams send one, some teams send two. You got five on three. Don't let your guys leak out. Go rebound the basketball. Gang rebound the ball is vital. Vital. Now Sprinting in transition. Watch your guys on film. Are your guys running? Are your guys sprinting or are your guys jogging down the floor? If you want to run, watch them. Honest guy, film the game. 
embarrass them in film watch them watch them run you better you better make sure they're running and sprinting i'll watch game after game where guys are jogging up and down the floor and you say you want to run there's a difference between sprinting and jogging next point uh, and i was bad at this uh one-on-one d one-on-one d i used to get mad at the help guy or our gap guys, and not get mad at the guy guarding the ball. Spend time and guard that daggum ball. I see guys getting blown off the ball. Guys are fouling. Guys are shooting layups, and it's driving me crazy. I had to talk to you about it. Make sure you are spending time guarding that ball. Play one-on-one, king of the hill, three dribbles. Play it at four different baskets, and play one-on-one. Winner stays up. Loser does push-ups. Um, or runs a sprint, you've got to be able to guard that basketball if you're going to have a chance uh, to win a game. All right, so one-on-one, put emphasis on that. How many guys does it take to defend a ball screen? you got uh, you got a ball screen going. How many guys does it take? If you say two, you are absolutely incorrect. Three, you're wrong there. Four, you're wrong. It takes five guys to guard a ball screen. Make sure you are setting your, make sure you are defending your ball screens with five guys. So you've got, if you're hard hit, it doesn't matter. If you're hard hedging it, if you're soft hedging it, if you're doubling it, if you're switching, switching, really two guys can guard that one. But if you're doing anything other than that, all they're trying to do is get more guys. If you got two guys involved, you're going to kill them. All right, you have to have five guys defending a ball screen, so that means everybody's got to see the ball, okay? Five people guarding a ball screen, you got to sell that to your team. Pitching the ball ahead. Uh, instead of having a point guard that just dribbles the whole time, pitch ahead. I want you to look on film, and I want you to understand this, and I want you to really tell your team why is it important. Does everybody understand why it is important to pitch the ball ahead? The reason it's important to pitch the ball ahead is then the ball passes all the defenders. All right? And so you don't want to play five-on-five the whole game. If you will pitch the ball ahead, I want you to go back and watch on tape. On a pitch ahead, cut the pitch ahead and stop it right there and see how how many defenders the ball just passed. And so now, would you rather play two on one or two on two or five on five? I'd rather play two on two. I don't want to play. I don't want to play two guys versus five defenders. So get that ball out of your point guard's hands or whoever's bringing that ball up and pitch it ahead and then go attack. Pitch ahead, go attack. Pitch ahead and go attack. And I think I think you can have uh, you know a ton of success with that. Uh, little thing, real quick. High hands on the catch. Uh, making sure that that when. Your defender, very simple. As soon as he catches the ball, high hands, mirror the ball, try to get a hand on the ball, high hands on the catch. 50-50 balls, you can work on that. You don't have to roll the ball out and have two guys go kill themselves, but you can work on 50-50 balls. Give them a plus point. Give them out of running. Anytime they get a loose ball uh, or dive on the floor for a loose ball, um, reward those guys. And the last thing I want to talk about real quick, it's, we talked about this in college, plus five, minus five with five to play. Most of the time, these games, especially when you get in league play, everything's going to be tight. Everything's going to be close. Everything's going to be tight. Uh, I really think you have to make a, a huge impact uh, on on playing um, maybe two-minute games every single day. 
to getting a winner and loser and, and walk through it and talk through it because those games are going to be tight. What I don't understand, uh, in college, I think with a shot clock uh, in a tight game, you better have a couple money sets. You better have a couple money sets that you know you can run to get the shot that you want, and your team is very confident. In, in this situation, guys, we're going to run power, or we're going to run B3, or we're going to run kickback, or we're going to run fist, because we know it's going to work in this situation. Your team has to have confidence in it. So I have a couple money sets. Here's what I understand in high school with high school coaches. If you if you're up if you're up five with with two minutes to play, that game should be over. Uh, we had a system, and we're going to talk about it on another podcast. We had a system. We had a red light, green light, and yellow light. Um, you need to have an offense. Green light, yellow light, red light. Red light is green light. You're playing ball. All right, but at the end of a game, you don't need to be playing ball. I see that in high school. You need to be holding the ball. You need to be trying to win the game. So a yellow light means layups and free throws, and a red light means only free throws. Try to win the basketball game uh, at the end of a game. And and these are just some things that I'm watching. I watch a lot of college basketball. I watch a lot of high school basketball. I watch a lot of pro basketball. And just trying to help you as coaches as you are kind of going into this phase where you got – you got Christmas break, and then all of a sudden, your vital games start with your conference play. Uh, wish everybody luck. Appreciate you listening, and um, look looking forward to the next one, and hopefully this helps you a little bit to win a game or two. Thanks very much.